0: This coronavirus that is ravaging the world right now is highly contagious. We know that just even you can contract it by just touching something that is contaminated or even a simple thing like a sneeze that means it can travel for several meters. Obviously that's the reason why we have to keep a reasonable distance one from the other whenever we go shopping or we got to do some essential work. And particularly those who are in the front lines, as we said earlier, uh, particularly in the hospitals, uh, then it's absolutely uh, certain that they need to be a part at this particular time. Now I'm not a medical expert, uh, but I hear that the coronavirus and SARS that had been previously and even the the flu itself, uh, I hear that that attacks our respiratory systems and it does a lot of damage. And so it's obvious then that we, we need to be a part at this particular time. And it hasn't really been since the Spanish flu about 100 years ago that killed 50 million people worldwide. It hasn't really been since then that this pandemic has really, really gripped the world as it has. And so social distancing and self-isolation and the lockdown of cities, lockdown of even countries of a whole, is the order of the day. And so we're all trying to avoid this contagion and therefore the authorities are trying very very hard to influence us to do the right thing to keep our distance and to stay at home as much as possible and so isn't it interesting that the italian word for influence is influenza and the word influenza was introduced to the english language about the mid 1700s And apparently it comes from the Italian phrase which attribute the origin of the illness to influenza di frido, uh, the influence of the cold. Now there is a contagion which today is good, a contagion that does not require us to be social distancing, but actually it requires social interaction, not to be self-isolating, but to be reaching out to all others around us. And as believers, we're all carriers of this contagion. We're all encouraged, actually, to actively pass it on to everyone around us. You and I are to be people of influence. We have something that we should and ought to be sharing with others. One way or another, you will influence people. One way or other, you will do that. So let us make sure that we're going to be good influencers for Christ and for his gospel. Not all of us of course can be preachers behind the pulpit, but all of us all of us can influence others for the gospel. Whether it's on the job, whether it's in our home, whether it's among our neighbors or perhaps our extended families or school or college or university, all of us without exception can be an influence for Christ exactly where we are. Paul Gilbert, he said, You are writing a gospel, a chapter each day, by the deeds that you do, by the things that you say. Men, read what you write, whether faithless or true. Say, what is the gospel according to you? It is often rightly said that the unbelievers, they do not read their Bibles, but they read us instead. They watch us, they listen to us, they look at our lifestyle, and they judge us accordingly. So what is the message? What is the message that they see and they hear whenever they look at us? You remember Andrew in the scriptures in John chapter 1, when he felt the call to follow Jesus, he immediately went out and found his brother Simon, Simon who would become Peter. And whenever Philip felt the call to obey Christ and to follow him, he quickly found his best friend, Nathaniel. And Nathaniel was... A little bit curious and a little bit skeptical whether this was the Messiah. Can any good think about it of Nazareth? He says, "Well, come and see." And so what they had was contagious, and they immediately wanted to share that with their friends and with their family, with their loved ones. And Peter, Andrew's brother, he went on then to win 3,000 people to the Lord Jesus Christ on the day of Pentecost. Mordecai Ham, that great old preacher of old in America, he was the one who won Billy Graham to Christ. And Billy Graham went on to speak to over 54 million people. What an influence that one person had. Edward Kimball, who was just a Sunday school teacher, but he had a burden for a a young guy who worked in a shoe shop near the church. And he would walk past every day and he would see him. And the Lord put a, a, a desire in his heart to share the gospel with him. And so he went in one day and he shared the gospel with, with this young man, Dwight Lyman Moody. Just a young man. And he led him to Christ. And D.L. Moody became one of the greatest preachers in America. In fact, he, he preached all over two continents. And it's reckoned that in his lifetime, he influenced over 100 million people for the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember the Samaritan woman that Jesus met at Sychar's well? you remember how he, she had a, a real powerful encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ? And as soon as she understood and recognized him as the Messiah, what was the first thing she did? She left her water pots down and she went into the village and she started to share that with the men of the village. And then those men in turn, they came out to meet Jesus personally. And before that day was through, many of them then believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. She was Contagious. What she had spread very, very quickly uh, indeed. She influenced her whole village for Christ. And then on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people came to Christ. And then that 3,000, they influenced others. And before long, 5,000 more were added to the church. And then all Jerusalem, it says, was filled with their doctrine. And then they went from that, from Jerusalem to Judea, to Samaria, and then to the uttermost parts of the earth. And by the time John writes his gospel and his three epistles, he's an old man now, he's in his 90s. By the time he writes that, there's already a Christian church in every major city in the whole Roman Empire. This contagion was pandemic, it was going all around the world. Now, as believers, we can look back over our lives and we can find surely somebody who influenced us for Christ. It may have been a parent, it may have been a brother or sister may have been a Sunday school teacher, may have been somebody at work, it may have been a colleague or, or a friend or somebody, and we watched how they lived their lives and we, we listened to them and we, we looked at them continually and saw how they, how they lived for Christ, and that influenced us. It really, really did. And then eventually, of course, we came to the Lord ourselves. So they literally were the Bible that we read. We didn't read our Bibles, but we read them instead. An unknown author wrote this. He said, I'd rather see a sermon than hear one any day. I'd rather one would walk with me than merely show the way. The eye's a better pupil and much sharper than the ear. Fine counsel can confuse me, but examples always clear. The lectures you deliver may be wise and true, but I'd rather get my lesson by observing what you do. So people watch us. They look to see if we're real. Do our words match our deeds? Do we walk the walk or just talk the talk? In the summer of 1805, a number of Indian chiefs and warriors, they met at a council at Buffalo Creek in New York. They met there to hear a gospel presentation by Mr. Cram from Boston Missionary Society. And after the sermon, a response was given by Red Jacket, who was one of the leading chiefs. And among the other things that he said, he said this. He said, Brother, we are told that you have been preaching to white people in this place. These people are our neighbors. We are acquainted with them. And we will wait a little while and see what difference, see the effect your preaching has made upon them. And if we find that it does them good, and makes them honest, and less disposed to cheat Indians, then we will look again at what you have said." They simply wanted to know, does this message change lives? Does it really make a difference in people's lives? Warren Webster, who was a former missionary to Pakistan, he says, If I had my life to live all over again, I would live it to change the lives of people. Because until you have changed the lives of people, you have not changed anything. Isn't that a great statement? Until you have changed the lives of people, you have not changed anything. So let us have influence. Let us be an influencer. Let us make the difference for Christ in at least one person's life in our lifetime. What of every believer? What of every Christian was to make that difference in just one person's life for Jesus Christ. Wouldn't it be wonderful? Now, unfortunately, we have to admit that sin is also very contagious. And we're all natural carriers of it. We were infected with it since the day we were born. But thank God, grace is greater than sin. Paul says in Romans 5 and 20, where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. No matter how far sin goes, grace goes further. No matter how deep sin runs, grace runs deeper. No matter how wide it spreads, grace spreads further. Grace is greater than sin. Light is greater than darkness. In John 8 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. In John 1 and 4, in him was life, and his life was the light of man. And then Jesus said in Matthew 5:16, He said, You are the light of the world. You Me, we are the light of the world. He says, let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. J. Wilbur Chapman, Presbyterian evangelist and hymn writer of old, he tells of 40 people in the New Testament all suffering diseases whom Jesus healed. And out of that 40 people, he said 34 of them were either brought to Jesus by friends or was taken to them. And only six found the Lord Jesus Christ without any assistance at all. And so can you imagine out of the vast number of people who find their way to Jesus today, most of them reach him because those who are followers of Jesus were concerned about their eternal souls. Henry Drummond once said, Every atom in the universe can act upon every other atom, but only through the atom next to it. And if a man would want, if a man would act upon every other man, he can do it best by acting one at a time upon those beside him. And so if everybody just reaches somebody within our circle, it's amazing the difference that would make for the gospel. Each and every one of us has got a sphere of influence. Now, I and others like me, we can stand behind a pulpit. We can stand out on a, a church street, stand out in a street corner. We can stand outside this church door and preach the gospel if we desire to. We can do that. But I can't go into your office and witness for Christ. I can't go into your business and preach to your workers. That's your sphere of influence, not mine. When Jesus said, go into the world and preach the gospel, he wasn't just talking about a geographical location. What he was saying is, go into every man's world and preach the gospel. Every man's world. Now, I can't access every man in your world. You can't access every man in my world. But that's why he's got you there and that's why he's got me here. Nobody can reach that colleague, that workmate, that acquaintance, that family member, that employee, but you. You are in their world. Brothers and sisters, Jesus said in Matthew 5, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You are a city set on a hill which cannot be be hid. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So you are a light in a dark world. You are the salt in a corrupt world. So let your light shine. Let you be salt and light in your generation, in your world, in your sphere of influence. The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 5.20 said, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf be reconciled to God. As though God were pleading through us, isn't that a powerful statement? That God would use us to plead His cause to lost in the dying world? Who else Is God going to plead through if it's not us? He's not going to send angels to share the gospel. It's going to be us. We're the ones to do it. It's us who will implore others on Christ's behalf. An ambassador is one who's sent by a king or a president or a queen to represent their kingdom. So we are representatives of Christ and His kingdom. So let us represent Him well. You be that person of influence in your family, in your street, in your job, in your home, wherever God has placed you. You be salt and light there. Colossians 4 and 6. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. And so wherever you are, wherever you go, you be salt And you be light. And be ready to give an answer to those who ask you of the hope that lies within you. Because at some point, if you truly are salt and light, somebody will be watching, they'll be listening, and at some point, given the right opportunity, and if you pray for them, then the Holy Spirit will speak to their hearts and draw them to you, that you may be able to share the wonderful gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So let your speech always be with grace but let it be seasoned with salt that you may know how to answer each one. Let me just share with you just a couple of little thoughts in closing today. Because everywhere you go, you are an ambassador for the Lord Jesus Christ. You're the one that represents him and his kingdom. You've been given a special place and privilege in the kingdom of God. Perhaps no one else can reach the ones that you can reach. Maybe no one else can reach your family but you. I can't walk into your workplace tomorrow and begin to preach the gospel. I can't do that. They wouldn't allow me. I can't just go and knock on the door of your family. But you're there. You're the one to influence them for the kingdom of God. So let me just give you a few little verses to try to help you. In Romans 3.23 it says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. So all, without exception, are sinners in need of God's grace. In Romans 6:23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. The gift of God is eternal life. This is a gift that we're reaching out to our loved ones, to our friends, to our neighbors, to our families, to those in the street, to those whom we're in contact with, to those whom we work beside. This is a wonderful gift that God has put into our hands to be able to reach out to others. Romans 5 and 8, But God demonstrates His love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When we were at our worst, when we were sinners, when we had no thought of Him, when we did not care for the gospel, whenever we even maybe blasphemed the name of Christ. Yet, in spite of that, he demonstrated his love towards us in that he gave us his Son on that cross. In Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you believe that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Romans 10 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so, God has given us a wonderful privilege that we can share with family, with friends, with neighbours, with anyone. We can share this wonderful gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's rich, and it's wonderful, and it's deep, and it's lasting, and it'll be eternal. It will take us to heaven. It will take us right into the very glory. Why in the world would we not want to share that? Because this is a lost and a dying world. So you can be that person of influence. You can be that one to share the gospel. You You may be the only one that will share that gospel within your family, within your workplace, within that office, whatever. And so be bold. Take courage in hand and say, Lord, help me today to open my mouth to be able to share a word in season, to be able to pray and then share for the glory of God. And so I encourage you today, be a person of influence. Spread your influence around wherever you may be, in that office, in that workplace, at home, among your neighbors. Live this life that people may see that you're genuine. And then given that opportunity, just say a word in season. Sometimes it's just a simple little thing that you say. Sometimes if you pray for somebody and you say, Lord, give me the opening when the time is right, and then suddenly you just say something and it's like an arrow to their heart. And then you realize that the Holy Spirit has taken your words and has put it into their heart and has turned them to Christ. It's a wonderful thing to lead somebody else to the Lord Jesus. So let in this time of isolation, in this time of of trouble in our land and data around the world. Let us be lights. Let us be a witness. Let us be the ones to be able to share about the Lord Jesus Christ, wherever that opportunity may arise. And so God bless you today. God bless you this Sunday. I want to pray for those of you who perhaps are listening and you're not a believer. You're not saved. You don't know Christ. You've heard about him. Perhaps you were brought up in Sunday school. Maybe you went to church for a long time. Maybe you go to church right now, but you're not a born-again believer. And Jesus talked about being born again of God's Spirit. Let me address you in these closing moments. And let me say to you today that Jesus Christ made a way for you to go to heaven. He paid that price on the cross He went to that cross and He died for you, that you might live for Him. And at the end of this life, and this uncertain life today that we live in, no matter when your hour would come, that you would be ready to go and to meet the Lord Jesus Christ. He paid that awesome price by dying for you and dying for me on the cross at Calvary. And so today I encourage you, why don't you receive Him today as your personal Savior? Why don't you write where you're sitting today, in your living room, or maybe wherever you are listening today, why don't you just say, Lord Jesus, I need you today. I need you to come into my life today. I need your salvation. I need to be born again of your Spirit. I need to know that if I died today, I would be absent from this body, but I would be present with the Lord. That's available for you even today. And so I'm going to pray... A simple prayer. And if you want to know Christ as your personal Savior, then I would love you to join me in this prayer. You may not say the exact words I say, but in your heart you're agreeing with what I'm saying today. And you're reaching out to the Lord Jesus Christ and saying, Lord, save my eternal soul. (laughs) If I die, Lord, I want to go to heaven. I want to be right before you. Well, you can do that right now today. So let me pray. And you follow me in this prayer as best you can, but mean it from your heart. Reach out to God today so that He may save your eternal soul. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you right now. And I thank you that you went to that cross to die for me, to forgive me for all of my sins, and to give me a new life. So I ask you, Lord Jesus, forgive me, forgive all of my sins and take my life and cleanse me and give me a new life give me the life that you have died on the cross to give to me impart that to me today by your Holy Spirit come into my life today come into stay Lord Jesus give me your life impart it right now I ask you humbly to save my eternal soul today right now and I ask this In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, who loves me and who gave himself for me. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, why why didn't you contact us? Why didn't you phone us or write in and just say, Pastor, I prayed that prayer today. Is there any way you can help me? Perhaps we can send you some literature just to help you on your way. And then whenever church resumes again, when everybody comes together, why didn't you go to a church? A, Bible, a Bible-believing church, one that believes the gospel, and go to that and get stuck in there and stay there and be built up in your spiritual faith. And so we're going to finish with our, our final song, and Johnny's going to lead us in this. And then, God willing, hopefully, God willing, we'll see you all again next week but meantime why don't you keep praying and believing and trusting for your family and your friends to come to the Lord Jesus Christ and for them to give their lives over to Christ and so that they may love him and serve him so that we're ready when the hour comes that we're ready to go to be with him in glory